Have you heard our show? No. I will not listen to your show because I listen to Dad on a daily basis. I'm not going to listen to it on my free time. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about a boogie book and I'm going to play one. It's Mars on the Hudson. It's Cheers Goes to Harlem. Get you something to drink, brother. It's E.T. Rides the Underground Railroad. Want to see me make all the white people disappear? 125th Street, there. That was fantastic. It's the brother from another planet. Man is a fugitive from a chain gang. He's got radar for a mind. Removable eyes and a lovable smile. Give me five, brother. White folks get strange all the time. This is Steve Benson. That's Paul Schultz. Hey, how you doing? That's Arlo Schultz. Hello. And nothing you're about to hear is true. <laughs> and this is the Don't Panic Radio Show 200th episode. So this is not only the 200th episode, but it is the final episode of this version of the Don't Panic Radio Show. That's right. Before you all have heart attacks, don't panic. Don't panic. Paul and I are still recording together. We're still creating together. We're still doing audio together. We still love each other very much. Well, we probably could have just stopped at the recording <laughs> audio together. So we've been planning episode 200 for a long time. Yeah, since about episode 150. Yes. And we knew we wanted episode 200 to be the final episode, which is why we had episode 199 and a half. 199 yeah. and three quarters. We were like the teacher that was, I'm counting to ten. <laughs> right. You know, nine and three quarters? Nine and seven eighths? So it just so happens on the day after Thanksgiving 2019, uh, Paul and I finally got in the same room. <laughs> uh, and Arlo happens to be in the same room, too. And regretfully. <laughs> well, I did take a shower this morning. But my parents, it's typical of a parental thing, at least for the boomer generation, they try to save money because their parents lived through the depression. Mm -hmm. And so they don't have good water pressure and they don't fix their shit. <laughs> and so the shower is like, like I believe that the water pressure would be better if a hummingbird would suck up water and like spit it on me. You remember like... There would the, be more water pressure than the shower I took this morning. Do you remember the first time you'd like take a shower in a hotel and the water would like knock you back in the yeah. towel? Like, what is this? <laughs> my mom told me today my dad likes to go to Planet Fitness and she said the reason, one of the big reasons he likes to go is to take a shower afterwards. He loves their showers. I'm like, yeah, because the water actually comes out at a decent rate. <laughs> I feel like Rambo, you know. Yeah. It's getting... <laughs> It's like a rape shower. This? It's only appropriate that episode 200 would have would mention rape, right? Which gets me back to, I was thinking, I, I had this idea of how episode 200 could go, just a general concept, right? Mm -hmm. And I thought we could do a retrospective. We could talk about how it started, how MP Cavalier, you know, approached me and asked me, would I be interested in doing a show for Radio Free Indie? And I said, yeah, yeah, I suppose. And I had tried to do a podcast with mm -hmm. another friend, and it, d it didn't really go anywhere. Of course not. We came up with the concept first, and then I approached this other friend of mine, <laughs> who I love. But it didn't work because we, we had the concept, and we tried to make it fit. We tried to make our chemistry fit into the concept. didn't work. We, we kind of set it aside. And then F.P. Cavalier approached me, and I thought, 
I know I can do a show. I don't think that show will work. <laughs> but but then I remembered, oh, it's all about it's not about the concept, it's about who you're doing it with. Mm-hmm. And and so I thought, of course that would be Paul. And then we figured out the logistics and the and the technology. <laughs> but no <I> concept. Wa- <laughs> but no concept. And I wanted to do about four or five shows to make sure that that something was going to work before I went back to MP mm-hmm. and and told him, yes, there's a show and we're willing to be on the show. So we did four or five. He kept asking me, like, I thought you were going to do a show. I'm like, we are doing a show. You are doing a show? Yes, we're doing a show. I thought you wanted to be on the radio show. I was like, we do. And I wanted to make sure it was a thing before. So anyway, and then we were on Radio Free Indie. We want to get our shit together a little bit. And um, we're on Radio Free Indie for a long time. And so that was my idea. And then I, and then we'd talk about how then we had evolved and mm-hmm. how you learned Audacity and uh, how I took total credit for you learning Audacity. <laughs> yeah, take... Well, you did because I was using... I was using the uh, the slideshow thing for the Microsoft had to, mm. put, to put the original shows together, and it wasn't until I sat down and just sweated through figuring out Audacity and watching a bunch of videos on YouTube about how to how to use it that the show made a a, a leap in how it sounded. That was my idea for this episode that we would go through that whole thing and it would take up some time, and then on the way over here tonight. I thought, what better way to prepare for episode for the 200th episode than to go back and listen to the 100th episode? And on the way over here, I listened to the 100th episode, and guess what we did in the 100th episode? <laughs> we did everything I just talked about. We did a retrospective of the first two years of the show. Well, that, that was a major accomplishment, because we didn't think we'd do much more than 12. It's true. And if you're looking for the 100th episode, it's actually season two, episode 49. Uh, so go back and look for that if you want to hear that. So because yeah, even though this is coming to an end, they'll still be there. Yeah, 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 yeah. They'll still be out there. You can still go back and try not to listen to the first ten or fifteen episodes. Well, great. Now that's exactly what you're gonna do. Oh man. <laughs> so we had to quickly come up with a new concept for the 200th episode, which was taking part of part of my idea and and. Just kind of parsing it a little bit differently. So what we're going to do tonight, instead, we're going to have a two-part episode. We're going to take a break in the middle, just like we used to do. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know how part two is going to turn out, then. That's right. <laughs> um, and what would be more fitting than for us to acknowledge, thank, and just tell stories about people who have supported the show from yes. the beginning and who have come on board and have helped us, have supported us, and have really made the show fun mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, because if it wasn't fun, this would, we wouldn't be doing the 200th episode. True. There are only two ways we would have done 200 episodes. One would be if we made a bunch of money and got mm-hmm. a bunch of listeners, yeah. then who cares about all these people we're going to talk about? <laughs> but the other way was just you people keeping it fun. I feel like I've played a hand in that, too, by telling you your show sucks. You made it better. You're welcome. There's the name right there. (laughs) I just want to say, aside from you and me, Mm -hmm. the one person who is most responsible for us doing this show... It's all his fault. ...is MP Cavalier. It's all his fault. And by proxy, Rob Dylan. Mm. We would have done a podcast. Regardless. I think it it was just bound to happen, right? 
But MP Cavalier saying, would you want to do a show for Radio Free Indy caused us to start. Mm -hmm. Like, we would have started eventually, but that was a, a catalyst, like a spark. Yeah. That caused us to start. The fact that Rob Dillon had Radio Free Indy mm -hmm. uh, in the first place and then asked MP Cavalier to be his program manager, mm -hmm. you know, was, was the spark. Yeah. The thing that kept... I believe, and, and for me, I don't know about you, mm -hmm. there's two things that kept me going. One was we figured out it was a way we could talk at least once a week. That's that's about 90% of it for me. That is 90% of it for me. The other 90% was, that. what are we up to, 180%? <laughs> was <laughs> the fact that Radio Free Indy needed a show yeah. to be turned in. Yes. And it needed to be a certain length, and it needed yep. to, to fill a certain slot that, on their radio station. Yes, that really helped me in the editing department, too, because we would record for an hour and a half. Yeah. And I would have to chew that hour and a half down to an hour with sound bites and interludes and stuff like that. And the excitement it created. I have this feeling about MP Cavalier and the type of person he is, uh, which is probably not 100% accurate. But it is the public persona he has built. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so maybe this is good feedback for him that we'll see if it fits the persona he's tried to build. Mm -hmm. Build. If he were here tonight, he would say, man, I haven't tried to build a persona. I'm just me. I'm just, I just try to be me. I try to help other people. I try to be generous. And if that turns into a persona, then so be it. Except he would do it in his smooth FM radio voice. <laughs> I have two favorite episodes. Mm -hmm. My favorite episode in the early days was definitely our first Halloween special. Mm. And when we did that Halloween special, and MP Cavalier decided to play it on Radio Free Indy mm -hmm. for 24 hours starting yeah. at midnight <laughs> through the next midnight, and I got to sit with my lovely bride on Halloween night after we got done with the trick-or-treating and everything, mm -hmm. And I put it on, on the Apple TV through the speakers. Mm -hmm. And we just sat there and listened to it. Not through a recording, but from Radio Free Indie. Yeah. It just, it blew me away. That, now, was that the, that was the Bloody Mary episode, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> it had Bloody Mary, which was awesome, because that had the element of, of something live and mm -hmm. uh, there's tension built. <laughs> like, ladies and gentlemen, this may be the last we've heard of him. It had the, we're not exactly sure how this is going to work, because we thought of it in the moment. Yeah, yeah, literally in the moment. <laughs> like, if we didn't plan it out. We thought of it in the moment, and uh, for those of you who haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. But in case you don't have time to go listen to it, we basically, I knew I was going to tell the Bloody Mary story about my time in junior high. Mm. Junior? No, no, grade school. It was grade school. Grade school, when I went into the bathroom and did the Bloody Mary but then, while we were talking, I was like, I should go do it right now. Yeah. I went in the bathroom, and I actually did the Bloody Mary thing. And the editing, it was awesome. Yeah. Also did the Russian sleep experiment. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was the same episode? <laughs> it was the same episode. Okay. And I think Arlo had a part in that one. She came in in the third Halloween special. Okay. For what? Boy, a bowl of trolling trouble. Oh, I was like, what did I do for you? You did that, and you wrote the... And then in season... Uh, the second Halloween episode, you had written the poem that I, oh, and I narrated the poem. And the uh, the thing for me was I had a serious case of like, 
and I had a cold that it affected my voice and made it real gravelly. So it worked out so well that... <laughs> I totally forgot about that poem. <laughs> it's a good one. What was the one where Simone did the scream? That was the fourth Halloween episode. And that you guys came up with on the fly because we had done the grotesque as a radio drama for that episode. And then you send me that file like a couple hours before we were going to record. And I'm like... Why didn't you think of this like a week ago? <laughs> because I, we could have written more and done this too. Oh, I think I just bought this thing. Yeah. The portable recording device. Yeah. I was like, ooh, we could do something with this, like crunching leaves and, yeah. and that kind of thing. <laughs> I think Halloween 2019 was the first time we did not have Halloween right. special. Yeah. Aside from the inspiration that MP Cavalier was for in, in Radio Free Indie and sparking and then keeping us focused for at least two years. <laughs> MP Cavalier's been on the show a couple of times. Mm -hmm. uh, he was part of, I think, one of our live Christmas gatherings. Um, and he did, he was on for the Rough Draft episodes. He was on, yeah, he was on, on there. When I found out for the first time that he doesn't think of himself as a writer. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> Which is but then again, if he insane. thought of himself as a writer, he'd probably be intolerable. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what is intolerable. How wonderfully sweet his whole family is. Mm. I can't stand how they're all great people. His kids are cool. They listen to vinyl for Christ's sake. It's, Did you expect anything else? And he and he loves his wife like like worships his wife. I mean, who does that? Not me, apparently. And as far as I can tell, his wife loves him. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. So we love you, MP Cavalier. You'll be missed. You'll be missed. Uh, second on my list is um, SFJ. <laughs> yeah, he's tops on my list. I can't say enough. Uh, I, I meant second in terms of he's the second name that I looked at mm. on, my, on here. <laughs> not like I'm not making a judgment call. <laughs> You're uh, not putting this is in not a, a rank order that's right. <laughs> thing here. But SFJ, who can say enough about SFJ? Not me. The kid started out as my baby. My kids as babysitter. And he comes through in the clutch every single time we need him. When you would go on vacation, he would fill in for you. At a moment's notice, he supplied voice work for the Halloween episode. Although that is true. Here's what I'll say about SFJ. He was an early inspiration. Because, I don't know how many episodes in we were. Maybe 15 or 20. And you told me that a friend of yours... Had gone back from the beginning. Oh, yes. <laughs> from episode one and binge listened to all the episodes. We were probably in the high 20s when he started doing that. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. And I thought. He's a glutton. I thought, okay, well, there's a fan we've lost. Like, this is a person <laughs> who's never going to listen to another episode. And then the next thing you know, he's continuing to listen and. Starts knowing things about the show that we didn't really know. Yeah, he beca he became our archivist. <laughs> yeah. He, he would like, if we talked about stuff on the show, he would message me and correct me. No, in this episode, you talked about this. And say, oh, all right, well, <laughs> in our defense, we were pretty drunk. And so we coined the term Super Fan James. That's right. Because <laughs> he was not just a fan. He was a super fan. That's right. Super fan. And I thought, if there was one person out there that is that committed to listening to the show, then I'll commit myself to continuing to do this show. <laughs> Deep down, I think we should all just be committed. Next on the list, and again, these aren't in rank order, 
They're random. I'm just randomly in no particular order. No particular order. So when you get to the last one, you got to go last but not least. Cer- last, last but certainly, certainly not, not least. <laughs> Polly V. Yep. Polly V, who introduced me to the faces of death. <laughs> in the days before you could get on YouTube and just search up any torture or death scene that you want to see. Well before you did. There were videotapes that you had to find somebody who had one. Mm-hmm. You actually had to make a moral judgment. Be like, okay, I know the videotape is in that room over there and I know they're going to play it. But should I go watch it? <laughs> what does that say about me that I'm going to go watch Faces of Death? And I don't want to just say he's a one-dimensional character to me, like the guy that introduced me to Faces of Death. Uh-huh. Uh, but that is my earliest memory. <laughs> I, I'm sensing a theme. Things that have inspired me to go on, to keep going. When I when I started this project where I had to drive a lot, I was like, somebody mm-hmm. suggest a podcast. Oh, okay. And he suggested Hardcore History by Dan Carlin. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know who that was. Right. I... I knew that I didn't know much about history, Mm -hmm. but I knew I was interested kind of in history. And this, that one suggestion threw me off on a tangent of, I now, I now have a new hobby. Right. You know, I just love history now. Mm -hmm. And I have Paulie V to thank for that. He was one of the people that contacted me going, it was almost like, did you guys break up? (laughs) No, no, no. Who gets the listeners in the divorce? (laughs) Who gets custody of the listeners? Yeah, no, he's a huge podcast listener, so it doesn't surprise me that he would be into that. So there's this thing, and when you study marketing, and as we were we were discussing earlier before mm-hmm. we hit record, our, our lucid episode. Yeah, the lucid part of the episode before we hit record. Um, one of the things I think every hey, all you little leaguers out there, I want you to hear. Go, I don't care where you get this information. Go to go online. Go to your local community college, whatever you do, study some marketing. And I'm not saying be a marketing major. I'm not saying figure out how to go work in marketing, Mm -hmm. whatever that means. I'm doing air quotes. But get some information about marketing because, oh, we'll do a whiskey talking episode about this. So I don't have to go into it now. But but here's what I'll say. By the way, spoiler. Yeah. So I've done a little bit of research because I realized I missed out on that part. And if you're going to run a business, have a business, work in business, you need to know something about marketing. So I've done some reading. I've done some podcast listening. And one of the things they say in marketing is you have to sort of visualize and get a a mental image of your ideal customer. Mm -hmm. And in podcasting, that would be your ideal listener. In YouTubing, that would be your ideal. And and they're saying that if when you're trying to formulate a strategy or formulate what it is you're trying to do, mm-hmm. it helps your, your human brain to sort of picture an actual person. Mm-hmm. And like, who is it you're doing this for, right? right? And the person, every time I do that, when I'm thinking about what should we do for the show? What, you know, should we do uh, hardcore history? Should we have another character? You know, what format that's should we, what we use? Need. What should we, you know, what format, whatever? Polly V is the person that always comes to mind. I'm mm-hmm. like, he's my ideal listener. Right. If I could have a hundred thousand Polly V's listening, I'd be a, I'd, I'd be Joe Rogan. Not only that, but the world would be a better place. One of the people who has been on the show the most is my lovely bride. She has a cold at the moment and was not able to to come over tonight. 
she couldn't be here. And when I told her, she said, well, what are you and Paul going to do? I'm like, why are you even asking that question? What do we always, we're going to do the same thing we always do. We'll sit around, drink whiskey and tell lies. And, and I said, well, we're probably going to record episode 200 tonight. And she looked at me like with big puppy dog, sad eyes. She's like, really? And I'm not going to be on it? And I'm like, that is true. Every major, yeah, especially when we've been in the same room episode, mm-hmm. she's been involved. Yeah. The next person. Officer Nick. Who supplied us with when everybody hated cops, he came through in the clutch and gave me a, a, a full interview for the entire episode. And a huge me. contributor to at least one of the Halloween episodes. Uh, well, he didn't, but Victor Psychotron did. Good friend of Officer Nick's, right? Yes. Not the William Wright, <laughs> but a William Wright. Just, just, a, just a William Wright. <laughs> Which, by the way, when 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 Once Upon a Time in Hollywood comes out on DVD or Netflix or whatever, pay attention to the scene when Brad Pitt fights Bruce Lee. He's in that scene. William Wright's in that yes. scene. Yes. If you want to be in any scene in the in the world in any movie ever, you have to be in the scene with the Nerzats Bruce Lee. Once he showed up, I'm like, all right, now I can relax and watch the rest of the movie mm-hmm. because I was like, where's Andy? Where's Andy? Well, he's also inspirational to yeah. me as well because, you know, he's been a supporter of the show from mm-hmm. from, from early on and comments on, on the show. And, and he's also kind of a history buff, I think. So mm-hmm. he and I have had conversations about history and just creativity in general. He's contributed to the Halloween episodes on mm-hmm. at least twice. So this is an inspirational thing, too, and, and, and it is the hours and hours and hours he spends on 3D rendering of objects that exist in the in the story he, he's written. He's all in on his stories. The new Aleph? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Worlds of Mabar? Mm-hmm. He's all in. And I can't wait, and I hope I live long enough. That sounded worse than I meant for it to. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's code for hurry up and write it <laughs> yeah no no it's code for uh hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna rescue this i am i i'm the poster boy for you can get yourself out of a hole by continuing to dig and it is <laughs> the, how, how you survive this long married uh, i'll never know <laughs> it is this what i meant by that was I hope I don't die in the next year because I'm sure Worlds of Maybar is going to take off within the next year. Well, there. don't forget, he writes a novel every three or four days. Okay, I'm going to change gears a little bit. Bring the lights down. There was a moment where I thought the show could really take off, and it was when we interviewed the Dominatrix. Mm. And we didn't interview her, I interviewed her. Right. She was a Trump supporter. Mm hmm. Before any of us realized Trump actually had a chance of winning. I editing the show, I remember chuckling. <laughs> Her reason for thinking that Trump was what America needed was we needed a daddy. We needed a daddy figure. This is just going somewhere. And she said <laughs> she said during the interview, because I was fascinated. I was like <laughs> How could you, because she's super libertarian, Uh Um, and the reason we were friends, because I was kind of active in the libertarian cause for a while, Uh 
And so we became, we got to know each other through that activism. Because mm-hmm. okay. that's how usually people meet dominatrix. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, there are two ways. One is being active in the libertarian cause. The other is uh, purchasing their services. Three ways because I, I'm, I'm good friends with one. That's all about Craigslist. <laughs> no. Oh, no, no. Comic Cons. time. Comic Yeah, Comic Cons. Or, or Officer Nick. <laughs> there are lots of ways. Let's just all acknowledge <laughs> there are lots of ways to become friends with Dominatrixes. So I interviewed her, not realizing it would take a Donald Trump turn. <laughs> mm. This is 2015. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, he was one of 12 Republicans. Yeah. In the primary. Mm-hmm. And she said, we need, this country has gotten soft. And this country doesn't know what they want. And she said, my clients are CEOs, executives of businesses who all day long have people asking them what to do. What do we need to do? Where do we need to go? Who do we need to talk to? What should I be doing next? These people are looking for daddies. And the people who come to me as clients are happy to do that all day long for these people. But at the end of the day, they need to be subversive to somebody else because all day long they've been somebody's daddy. They need a mommy. And they need a mommy (laughs) to to recharge their batteries and get Mm -hmm. them back to the point where they go back to work the next day to be daddy again. Yeah, it must be boring telling everybody what to do. So once exactly. in a while, be told what to do. So she said the country needs a daddy to tell him what to do, which leads me to believe Trump has a dominatrix somewhere. <laughs> One. Well, what's the difference between a chickpea and a garbanzo bean? I don't know, Steve. What's the difference between a chickpea and a garbanzo bean? Donald Trump has never had a garbanzo bean on him. You can't beat the classics. <laughs> oh, that's gross. <laughs> well, that's I mean, unless you get stung by a jellyfish. Today, <laughs> we had our Thanksgiving today, right? All the family's there. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful scene. Wonderful pictures. Wonderful pictures. Beautiful. Like, all the family's there. I met my niece's boyfriend, who I've never met before. She's, they've been dating for three years, and he can somehow never make it. I'm like, does he even exist? Today, he finally shows up. It's great, right? And we're talking about Neil deGrasse Tyson and how he explained that if we ever find alien life, it's got to be at least as different from us as a jellyfish is different from us, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because jellyfish share 97% of our DNA. Mm -hmm. You have to imagine... Alien life's got to share less than that. So they, they're going to be even more different than that. Like this total, like, blew my mind. Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? My brother's like, yeah, you know, Angela got stung by a jellyfish once. I'm like, <laughs> and my dad goes, did you pee on it? <laughs> and, and my brother goes, I offered. <laughs> I'm like... I'm glad that's what you got out of my Neil deGrasse Tyson information that I just shared. You know that Ancestry.com thing that you do with the matching of, mm-hmm. like, people do that you you lick something and then you mail it to this company and then they tell you, mm-hmm. like, your DNA match? My wife's aunt, Aunt Connie, who mm-hmm. we all love. Mm-hmm. Beautiful woman. 
great person. I've met her. Love Anne County. Somehow, so Elizabeth <laughs> pointed out one time how every time we get together, doesn't matter what the occasion is, somehow everybody's Ancestry.com results will come up. I, of course, I explained to Elizabeth it's because we all live unremarkable lives. So the only thing we have is we might have a remarkable ancestor. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's either politics, and we can't talk about politics anymore, so everybody has to talk about, you know, I might be descended from important people, right? Somehow, some Scandinavian DNA came up in Aunt Connie's results. Mm-hmm. And the way they do the test in the DNA thing is that means you share DNA with people who currently live in Scandinavia, mm-hmm. right? That's how they do it. It doesn't matter, like, thousands and thousands of years ago, some people from Scandinavia may have come to Great Britain. And, yeah. You know, it, that doesn't matter. It's the people that currently live there. So she was explaining that she had some, some Scandinavian in her blood. Mm-hmm. She said that's because the Vikings raided... She's like, I'm totally Irish. I have the red hair, the Irish name. Everybody knows I'm Irish. The reason I have Scandinavian blood is because the Vikings invaded Great Britain back in the day. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is trying to explain her. She's in the kitchen. She had cooked the meal. And she she had made, I think, a roast. And she was slicing the roast with her meat knife. Right, And this pen represents the meat knife. And she was slicing the roast. And she's like, from the kitchen, like... No, I think it's because of the Vikings. And everybody in the living room, like, we had, like, the conversation had become nuanced and complex in the living room, talking about how Ancestry.com analyzes the DNA and the nuances of what the results mean. She's in the in the kitchen hearing every 14th word. Right. Right? Piecing and all her she, own story together. All she, yeah, she's piecing her own story together. Suddenly, she gets it in her head, like, they're telling me, like, they're not listening to me. Like, she's getting emotional about it, right? We're not emotional. We're being scientific. We're Neil deGrasse Tyson. She's like that fucking Andy Cohen in those reunion shows. And um, <laughs> John Mulaney reference. And uh, it's like, okay, 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 okay. Anyway, so she's in the kitchen cutting the meat. And we're all talking about how that's not necessarily what it means. And she's like, no, I'm sure I'm a Viking. I'm sure I have Viking blood in me with the knife cutting the meat. (laughs) And Uncle Justin gets up to go in there and see if there's anything he can do to help with the meal preparation situation. And then she, at that moment, as he's walking in the kitchen, goes, I am a Viking! (laughs) (laughs) And everybody just, it gets real quiet. And Elizabeth, from the back of the room, goes, Okay, Aunt Connie, you can be a Viking. <laughs> she's got the knife in her hand, and she's like, I am a Viking! So, baby Arlo, without whom none of us would be here. I don't think that's true. That's not how this works. That's not actually true, is it? That's like the opposite of... She wouldn't be here without us. That doesn't even sound right. I have two dads. Well, we've already discussed the Halloween episode... Uh, your your singing voice is divine. That's not just me saying that. Your speaking voice is actually pretty good too. The toil, toil, Gross. trouble, and boil, or whatever that mm-hmm. whatever that is. That in those the exact words. Yes, in those exact words. 
what else can we say about Baby Arlo? Nothing I haven't already said. You haven't said I'm a disappointment yet. That's true. That's like number one on the list. That's, <laughs> what, That's implied. What teenager doesn't want to be a disappointment That's to their right. parents? She's been on the show a lot in story, but I plan on closing this episode with her in person. So stick around. I think the reason either of us is, is still alive is our children. Yeah. So <laughs> that is a pretty good guess because you reach, well, like with my. I mean, not to put any pressure on you, but if it weren't for you, we might not still be alive. And if we ever do end up committing suicide, it's probably your fault. Yeah. So, yeah. But I'm not saying. That's the goal. Wait, I didn't mean, I probably said that wrong. I don't mean it's your fault. Wait, hold per on. Se. I probably said it wrong again. I'm not saying to blame yourself. Tell you what, now that I've said this, neither of neither of us can commit suicide because now you're ruining the fun. Our kids will listen to this show and blame themselves. <laughs> no, children keep you alive because you realize you've got responsibilities now, so you can't be doing stupid shit. Hmm. Well, well. As stupid a shit as in, you would do in before theory. children. In theory, <laughs> you can't. All right, moving on. <laughs> Uncle Carl. Oh, God, yes. I don't think I have to say it anymore. <laughs> D. D has been on the show almost as much as your lovely bride has. It's true. He's been to almost every single live recording we've done. <laughs> He's been the butt of many stories. You said butt. My brother Mike mm-hmm. has been a longtime listener, mm-hmm. more recent devotee. Tony Isabella. What more can we say? <laughs> I mean, who could forget Hollywood? I can't. He was a part of every single episode until Radio Free Indie went away. That's right. He supplied the <laughs> our intro. He, he, he made he, it feel professional. Yes. He had the voice. Well, that's because Sweet he was... Butter. He was an FM radio DJ in the 70s. Is that at, who at the used height. to do that? Yeah, that was my friend Hollywood. I liked that. Mm-hmm. It was good. Yeah. It's been six or eight weeks since we published. <laughs> um, letting you know that tonight is the final episode of the current version of the Dope Panic radio show. However, we have some things in the works. And uh, so we're going to take a little break now. And when we come back, we're going to talk a lot about what the current the future plans are future plans i want to thank some other contributors to the show that we didn't have time to mention in mm-hmm. the first half trey joe the clown mm-hmm. who is a more recent addition mm-hmm. uh hundred year old mastodon <laughs> yep. <laughs> called in more than once yeah expanding uh, expanding mermaid, mermaid mm-hmm. uh called in that was after basil who basil was on the show a few yep. times yeah damn right it was yeah, after Basil swallowed Expanding Mermaid, she was on the show a few times. This is not a eulogy for the show because it still had great moments. Mm-hmm. And so the next phase of what Paula and I are doing together is we took a look at what was working about the show. Yes. 
what did we actually enjoy about the show? Yeah. What do we think people liked listening to about the show? And we took those things and said, well, why can't we take those things and make those yeah. shows? So, Steve, what does that mean? What that means is we have actually, and back to Steve's brother Mike, asked me this today, like, what do we, like, are you guys not doing anything anymore? I think Polly V asked you a similar Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I'm not, my feelings aren't hurt that he didn't ask me. I mean, I'm not saying my feelings are hurt that he didn't ask me. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say exactly hurt. Hurt is not necessarily the word I would use. So there are basically three things that we looked at about the shows that we really loved and the things about the shows that we loved. Mm-hmm. And what we've done is we've decided to create three different shows. Right. One is... A show that would be what we would do between <laughs> when we have other things to do. Right. And it's what we would call whiskey talking. Right. The, the joke was when we're not doing this, that, or the other thing, and we just want to get together and talk, it's the whiskey talking. And that, that'll be an irregularly spaced show. Yes. It won't be a weekly. It won't be a bi-weekly or a monthly. Uh, it won't be... Fortnightly, it won't be by fortnightly, <laughs> it won't be sesqua fortnightly, which is every three weeks. Come on, <laughs> anyway. Um, I, I don't understand that. It'll be whenever we feel like we have something to talk about or nothing to talk about, mm-hmm. which is which was the the nucleus of what Don't Panic was, right? So it's it's the show about the show, and we actually already have three of those in the can, mm-hmm. and we'll be publishing those. Possibly before this one. <laughs> well, this one's easier to edit, so probably not. <laughs> All right. Well, those will be coming out soon. Yeah. Um, the other one is the working title is Better Off Red. And I told my brother that today. And mm-hmm. he goes, oh, I can guess what that one is about. I'm like, oh, well, that's good. Because I was worried about the title that people wouldn't get what it's about. Mm-hmm. So I was like, All right. Well, before I tell you, what do you think it's about? He's like, socialism. I was like, no, it's R-E-A-D, <laughs> not R-E-D. He's like, oh. I was like, well, maybe we need a new title. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's about uh, Better Off Red, like as in reading. So what that show is, is it's episodic mm-hmm. and seasonal, mm-hmm. which means there will be seasons, not based on a calendar, but based on a topic. And the very first topic, as I think we've said this on the show, mm-hmm. um, but just for in case people haven't heard it, the first one is about comic book heroes and how we got from where comics started in the 70s-ish. That's, that's the era to, we're covering, because yeah. that's what most of the movies cover. Yeah. Those, those to the current multi-billion dollar movie industry. Like, how did that even happen? And... My brother actually asked this question today, and I said, I said, that's a question we're going to ask during this first season. I have no idea whether we're going to answer it. If there is a fan of the movies who's not necessarily a fan of the comics, would the movie fan enjoy going out and buying the comics now? That is that is the angle that I'm going at towards this, because the idea is we wanted to, we, we wanted to make... What were the most accessible stories that the non-comic fan could read and understand. Harlow, are you a fan of the comics? 
Uh, I don't read a lot of comics, but I've watched all of the movies. <laughs> do you do you think you would enjoy wa- reading the comics now that you've watched the movies? For sure, because I, I would like to see where they originated and how they mm. were being um, personified through, you know, on the paper rather than watching it and hearing all the noises and seeing all the actions that are being done. What would help you figure out how to jump into that world? Like, could you just you just ask your dad what comic should I go buy or? Yeah, or what do we have in uh, <laughs> yeah. Catacombs? Don't go buy anything. Yeah, I'll, I'll get this for you. I got it right here. You'd think I'd read comics with how much Dad and Atticus read comics. You'd think I'd read comics with how much I've hung out with your dad over the past 50, 30 years. As 30. his child, I decide to do directly what he tells me not to do. Yeah, that's, that's Don't how. read these books. That's how I approached so my friendship. Now you're trying to manipulate me. <laughs> so that's interesting. So you and I have been friends twice as long as you and Arlo have known each other. Yeah. 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 And uh, <laughs> uh, for all these years, I've not read the comics. Not, mm-hmm. for, lo- not for my lack of trying. And neither has your daughter. Because <laughs> mm. she doesn't listen to me. Because who... What kid listens to their parents? What best friend listens to their best friend? I sure don't. <laughs> Write that one down. That's a topic for whiskey talking. <laughs> what best friend listens to their best friend? No, I'm starting to think maybe it's not a father or daughter thing. Maybe it's a... The whole reason you ask someone's opinions is so you can justify that your opinions are right and theirs are wrong. It's the whole reason you confide in your best friends. So when they tell you something, you're like, ah, yeah, I was right because you're totally wrong. This is what I do. I'm usually just listening for when they're going to pause so I can have my turn to talk. I'm like, oh, goody. It's almost my turn. You think about what you're going to say when yes. you finally get the open space. Oh, my turn's next. <laughs> and that's two of the three parts. The third part is aptly named the Don't Panic Radio Show. <laughs> if you're a fan of radio shows or audiobooks that deal with the supernatural you are gonna love what is gonna become the new don't panic radio show it's not gonna be on a regular basis it's gonna be on when when our talent can provide us with their contribution so hopefully minimally three times a year maybe more we're gonna be doing actual radio shows and if you don't know what those are Go on YouTube and type in like radio show, radio show, and you will find shows like Lights Out, which we we covered Lights Out during one of the Halloween episodes. There, there are stories that are scary, supernatural, weird. That if if you if you if you're familiar with the grotesque episode, you'll understand what we're going for. My my co-host doesn't quite understand. So there were times I thought I understood, and then I said things like, "Oh, what's well, sort of like whatever we would do a special, like the Christmas special mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the Halloween special. It's sort of like the new Don't Panic Radio Show will be only those. That's exactly what it is. It, it'll so be my different. confusion might be that the last time I think I said that it was like, no, no, not that's not quite that." Was the answer that you gave me. And so maybe that that was the liquor talking. 
Or the liquor list. Or the whiskey taken. <laughs> or, the, or, or the whiskey taken. <laughs> so, um, I don't think we're going to do any better than that. <laughs> do you have anything to add? The dog ate the part we didn't like. Well, for Baby Arlo, for Polly V, for MP Cavalier, for Rob Dillon, SFJ, my lovely bride, Uncle Carl D, Steve's brother, Mike, Hollywood, the Dominatrix, William Wright, Officer Nick, Arlo, my oldest, my youngest, Tony Isabella, and most importantly, Paul Schultz. I'm Steve Vinson, and nothing you just heard was true. I got nothing. <laughs> you stay the hell away from me, you hear?
appreciate. 